709 on the morning news. And yeah, it's time for our monthly check-in with the Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science to discuss all the great uh, conservation work our zoo is involved with around the world. Dr. Axel Morenschlager, the Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science, so we call him the nature doctor, joins us now with something we haven't heard much about lately. (laughs) Harmony in the USA? Uh, What are we speaking about here, Doctor? Yes, good morning. All right, yes, while we're talking about the USA and the great things that they do in collaboration. And I have to admit that I was up very late last night watching the U.S. election, (laughs) which is so close fought. And like a lot of elections in the world, there's a lot of tension. And so it just made me reflect and and want to give a shout-out to our southern neighbors to applaud some of the great things that they've been doing in collaboration between so many groups working together you know, in harmony to bring back an endangered species, one that I actually care a lot about, which is the swift fox. And we have talked about the swift fox before, Axel. So tell us a little bit about that furry little dude that you like. I like them so much. (laughs) And you're right, we have talked about them because they're actually, uh, even though I've been all over the world and seen all sorts of things, they're my favorite animal. Um, My wife and I have been working on them for over 30 years. Uh, to try and bring them back because they were actually gone from this country for over 40, 40 years, uh, completely extinct, and in Montana as well. They're about half the size of a red fox. They got their name because they're so fast. They can run at speeds of up to uh, 60 kilometers an hour. They can prey on jackrabbits that are twice their size, live off of tiny little mice in the winter, and they're very loyal, you know, to their partners. In fact, they even mate for life. Ooh, wow. And... And, yeah, one of the things about them is that, uh, you know, they had disappeared, but reintroduction programs uh, starting 1983 involving the release of 942 foxes over the span of 14 years have actually helped to bring them back, and we're proud to have been a, a part of that. But there have been a couple of really cool developments in terms of our understanding of what's going on and then some new actions to help them even more. So the species was already downlisted from endangered to threatened based on on surveys and information that we've collected over time. Um, By 2006, actually, the population really rocketed up. And this is on the southern prairies, south of the Cypress Hills and into Montana. And then they actually dropped by about 45 percent to 2015. After that, they stabilized again. And so basically, we're trying to understand what's going on. And so we've been collaborating with U.S. agencies, especially through a brilliant graduate student called Andrew Butler, who's published three really important papers together with us over the last year. And I just wanted to tell you about a couple of things that he found and now what's happening. Yeah, lay it on us. Yeah, here you go. So basically, one of the things is that actually you can put a collar on a fox, kind of like a dog collar, but with a transmitter. And that transmitter has a GPS collar in it. So at night, one could follow them at five-minute intervals and see every twist and turn that they do. And one of the things that's really amazing is that um, he found that the home range sizes, so the area that they need, is about 42 uh, square kilometers. So this is an animal that's smaller than most house cats, right? But it needs about four times the size of an Oak Hill Park. Wow! And and and, uh, and the most important thing in the, that space is that there has to be native grassland. So for every twenty five percent increase in grassland, we found swift fox survival actually goes up ten percent. This doesn't mean that there can't be human use of grassland. Since they exist uh, really well with cattle grazing, like we lived on a ranch for many years. We have many, many friends, many landowners, uh, because they live in cattle country. 
One of the things that's surprising for an endangered species is that he found that they can even tolerate a low density of natural gas wells. And that's kind of weird, but yeah. the, the thing is, it might be because if you hang out there, it's okay if your worst enemy hates the place. And the worst enemy for swift fox is the coyotes. Coyotes killing swift foxes is one of the strongest examples of carnivores killing each other in the world. Fascinating. Well, I, want to, I want to back you up just a bit and talk about some of the technology when it comes to these swift foxes. You mentioned the you know collars and the GPS trackers. How much has that changed the game for conservation when before we might have had some cameras or motion cameras in the, in the forest and you do, did what you could with tags? Uh, these trackers, how, how has that been helping? It helps so much because one of the things is science has to kind of unravel what these species need. You know, you can't just ask them. You have to sort of monitor them and figure it out. And so uh, one of the things is that um, it helps you to determine exactly, hey, what are the places, what are the habitats, what are the types of conditions that need to be preserved so that you can take action to basically either preserve those areas or to put the animals in a place where where they will do better, you know. And this is one of the exciting developments now, is that um, while the population is doing relatively well, it needs uh, some more space, it needs to expand further, but they can't actually get to where they need to get to. There's habitat out there, but they can't get there. So there's a really uh, exciting new initiative that we're partnering on with the Smithsonian, with World Wildlife Fund, Clemson University, Montana government, and the Fort Belknap Indian Reserve in Montana. It's really interesting for the local tribes. They see swift foxes as a key missing part of their culture, a missing part, they even say, of their family. Wow. Uh, you know, Axel, it's just, just such a great reminder that you and your team at the Calgary Zoo working not just in North America, but around the world to make sure that these species survive and, and that they thrive, in fact, and, and sharing that knowledge with us and, and, and the, everybody who walks through the gates at the zoo is just so, it's so spectacular. We're so lucky. It is great, you know, and, and like now 27 foxes have been released, 40 to 50 more will be released each year over the coming years. And to the technology, Andrew, these guys are being tracked with cell phone towers now speaking to their callers. And so basically these, these types of initiatives bring the foxes back in a way that means something for species, but for people too, for culture, is so, you know, harmonious. So here you've got cooperation, togetherness, collaboration between completely different people, harmony among agencies in the U.S., harmony with us. And so really there's something really uplifting about wildlife conservation that no, no matter how messy the world gets with all the challenges we face right now, we can unite around supporting wildlife conservation. You guys are doing that by, you know, getting the word out for us. And really we thank all our supporters so much here and in the States and all around the world. Question I've never asked you, Dr. Warnschlager, is is this a case that Calgarians can donate or by simply going to the zoo, is that is that in form of donation to help out the, the work that you do? That's a kind question. So coming to the zoo is, is uh, first and foremost, and every, every visit counts in terms of making a difference for conservation for us. That said, all our programs are dependent on external uh, funding and support as well. And while I'm often accused of being shy of talking about that, <laughs> it makes the fundamental difference often between us being able to help species or not. So any kind of help is appreciated. And, and anybody that wants to reach out and, uh, you know, is most welcome to. We know though, though, that these are trying times. So, so only if people can and, and are able. And otherwise, we just are proud of others sharing the joy and passing on the word 
um, because we will keep going. We will keep doing whatever we can to bring species back in Canada, bring them back around the world and to try and be a, a global leader for wildlife conservation. Well, we appreciate your time and we appreciate you talking about harmony, something we definitely need in the world right now. Thanks for joining us, Axel. Thank you so much. Uh, that is Dr. Axel Morenschlager, Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science. The website, calgaryzoo.com. And also uh, just a reminder that Zoo Lights tickets are on sale now. 717 time for helicopter traffic for Gateway at West District. Phase 1 is 90% sold. Purchase a new home before December 19th and receive up to $50,000 in cash. Visit liveatgateway.com. Live better. Live Truman.